you love to travel and save money? Or do you wish you could travel but money is holding you back? You're in the right place. Welcome to the Families Fly Free podcast, where I show you how to fly your family free forever using my simple fly free formula. I'm your host, Lynn Mettler. My family of four has mastered the art of flying free as simply as possible since 2015, and I want to show your family how to do it too. Hello, everyone. We are just back from a spring break getaway to Kauai. And so in this week's episode of the Families Fly Free podcast, I'm going to fill you in about our trip um, and give you some of the most up-to-date tips on getting to Hawaii and not spending a bundle. And I'm just going to do an overview of that today. But I have got a full free webinar planned for you on Wednesday, April 20th at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, all about all of my best tips for how to save on Hawaii. Uh, We were I went to Maui last spring break, and now we've been to Kauai this spring break. And so we've got lots of good information to share. So if you want to register for that, that's totally free, open to everyone. You can go to familiesflyfree.com slash Hawaii. Um, And again, that will be April 20th, noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, familiesflyfree.com slash Hawaii. You're going to want to attend this one if Hawaii is on your bucket list. Maybe you've never been before and it's a dream trip for your family, or maybe it's just somewhere that you like to go back to over and over again. So I'm going to fill you in on all my best strategies on that webinar for how to save on everything from flights to accommodations to car rentals, which continues to be a major problem in Hawaii. Um, to dining and activities and even things like renting your snorkel gear and your beach chairs. Uh, We've got lots of info. So um, be sure to join us next Wednesday. But today I'm going to tell you about some of the super fun things we did on Kauai, how we got there, some of the roadblocks we faced to get there. And I'm going to tell you just about my favorite things that we did. So if you're thinking about Kauai or you're thinking about Hawaii in general, and you're not sure what island to go to, I'm going to tell you what we liked about Kauai. And you can see if it fits with um, something your family might be interested in. So Kauai is called the Garden Isle um, because it is one of the most natural of the Hawaiian islands. So that's one of the reasons why we selected Kauai this year is we were looking for a more natural experience. We could do more outdoor adventure type of activities. Last year, we went to Maui and I had been to both Maui and Oahu before as a young gal, uh, but my family had never been. So um, Hawaii was brand new to them and we really enjoyed Maui. So many fun things to do there as well, but it definitely was more touristy and there were definitely a lot more people there. And that was even in April before the big um, summer rush of travel that we saw last year. So this year, folks, as you've heard me talk about over and over, um, it's even worse. So travel demand is through the roof. And of course, As we know, many of you want to go to Hawaii, and so does the rest of the world. And it does continue to be an affordable destination to fly to, at least. Airfares continue to be low to Hawaii because of a lot of competition between different airlines. 
Um, and so there are a lot of people who want to go there. And so we opted to choose what we thought would be the quietest of the islands this year and just explore a more natural environment. So um, to get there, of course, we flew free on Southwest Airlines. And um, this year I was able to save us 300,000 points by playing what we now call in the membership as the hack. It's my trademark hack that we play with Southwest that we only share inside the membership. It is top secret. Um, so to get access, you're definitely going to want to join Families Fly Free. And so I was able to get our flights on um, the exact days we wanted on the nonstop flights or the best flights that we could find um, that would have ordinarily cost us 300,000 more points. And so that was quite a point savings I was able to score for us. And just as a side note, um, so many of our members right now are getting the hack to play like gangbusters. Um, and to really understand it, you there's a lot um, you have to know about there's not a lot to know. There's just, you need to understand how to play it um, and when to play it. Um, and that changes over time and it has changed over the last two and a half years. And so that's what we keep you abreast of inside the membership. And members um, are always sharing and helping other members with what they've been able to do and what's worked for them so we can all continue to take full advantage. Um, so it is working really, really well right now. And it is not just checking to see if the price has dropped on Southwest and rebooking. Um, that is something you can always do on Southwest. And it is an excellent practice to do. You always want to make sure to check after you have booked um, in points or in dollars. Of course, I always recommend booking in points. But so if the points price has dropped after you've booked, go back in and rebook it or call Southwest and have them rebook it for you and get your points back. So this is um, a whole step beyond that, um, that, that we play inside the membership. All above board, you just have to know it's there and how to maximize it. So that was a big score on my part. And the way I set up our flights was um, last year when we went to Maui, we actually opted to fly out of Chicago. Um, and we went from Chicago to San Diego. There was a connection there. We had to stop in Denver. And then we flew San Diego to Oahu and Oahu to Maui. So that was one too many connections for us. Plus we had to drive to Chicago, but I was able to get all of us to Maui for 30,000 points. So that's why we did that. We were willing to take a few extra steps in order to save that many points. This year, um, we were able to get pretty close to as good of a deal, not quite as good of a deal, um, out of Indianapolis instead, which we were willing to do so that we didn't have to add that extra leg onto an already really long trip. So this year, um, we flew from Indianapolis to LAX with one connection there. On the days that I wanted to go, there was no nonstop flight, unfortunately. Um, so we had a connection through Austin going and then through Denver on the way back. And then, um, so once we got to LA, then we flew LA direct to Kauai. And so if you're going to fly Southwest to Hawaii, um, certain departure cities fly direct to certain islands. So you're going to want to understand that. 
and you want to check points prices on all these different um, cities to see what's the best deal. And I actually broke ours up and I'll go into this more in the webinar, but into two segments. So I purchased Indianapolis to LA separately because there was a really good deal on that. And then I booked LA to Kauai separately uh, because it was fewer points to do it that way. And I see that quite a lot when I'm helping members book their flights. Um, so you always want to check that. See if, you know, if, rather than checking Indianapolis all the way to Kauai, that would have been more points than if I had broken it up like I did into these two segments. Um, so we were able to save by doing that and, and playing the hat, get the best flights. So I was able to get, there's only one nonstop flight from LA to Kauai uh, each day that we wanted to travel. And I was able to get that one again, all that would have cost 300,000 more points. And that makes a huge difference. Um, so this year we didn't have to have a stopover in Oahu before we got to our final destination. Although that was gorgeous to fly over Oahu and into Oahu, um, we were able to get there directly. And the way we do it also is we stay overnight in that um, you know direct departure city. So last year we stayed overnight going and coming in San Diego, which you may know is one of our favorite places. So we don't have any gripes with that. Um, and then this year we stayed overnight going and coming, um, just so we just stayed at the LAX airport, um, because to fly from Indy to LA, if you were doing it direct would be about four hours. And the way we did it, you know, it ended up taking, of course, a lot longer than that because we had a couple hour layover in between. And so to do all of that and then have a five to five and a half hour flight to Hawaii, it's a bit much to do in one day. So we like to break that up a little bit. Um, and it saved us points that way. So that's how we got there. And I will tell you um, a little bit, we had a lot of trouble because we got in, I shouldn't say we had a lot of trouble. We had some trouble and it ended up being just fine. Um, on the Saturday when we were departing was the day Southwest had um, technical difficulties and their system went down in the morning. And so a lot, a lot of flights got canceled and that was the beginning of spring break for many, many people, certainly us here in Indiana. Um, and so originally it showed our flight as being delayed. And so we were flying from Indy to Austin and then Austin to LA. And then the following morning we would fly out to Hawaii. And so the flight was going to be so delayed as to cause us to miss our second flight from Austin to LA. And that was the last flight of the night going from Austin to LA. And so if we missed that, then we missed our morning flight to Kauai because it left at eight in the morning. There was no way they could get us there before that. So um, it looked like our whole trip was going to be messed up. Um, and again, I've told you many, many times, this is a chaotic year of travel. Expect things to go wrong. Expect there to be delays. Expect there to be cancellations and have your backup plan ready to go. So I did have my backup plan ready to go. And um, we're also hosting a webinar inside the membership on um, the day this podcast comes out on Tuesday, April 12th at 8 p.m. It's just for members where we're going to be, I'm going to go into detail about what happened with me here um, and how I handled it. Um, and we've had multiple other team members who experienced this. I have another team member whose daughter was on her way to um, Scotland uh, on Friday of all of this. She was flying American, entirely different airline, um, and she had all kinds of trouble too. So you're just going to have to expect it this year. And we're going to go through in this webinar 
all of our best tips for what we think you need to do to prepare because preparing and having a backup plan is going to go a long, long way here. Um, now, ultimately in my situation, if this hadn't gotten worked out, my whole trip would have been messed up. And I don't know if Southwest could have gotten me out or not because this was spring break week. The flights were already super full. Um, and once they got behind, it's hard for them to rebook people on flights that are already full. Right. So I didn't know if they would actually be able to get us there within a couple, you know, within a day, if they couldn't get us there within a day, there was no point in us going because we had just planned to be there for five days anyway. But as I um, go back and listen to my episode on why my family got annual travel insurance, and we did this way back last fall, and I'm so glad we did it because um, we haven't had to use it yet, but we've come very, very close many, many times. So I knew in this situation that if we had to cancel our trip because Southwest just couldn't get us there um, and we couldn't find a, a backup flight on another airline that we would be able to get our costs that we had outlaid reimbursed for a hotel and, and different activities that we had booked. So um, we'll go into more of that inside the members only podcast. Um, I'm not podcast, but inside our webinar, we host weekly live webinars. So that will be the topic um, for uh, Tuesday night. This will, that will be the day this episode comes out. And we also already have in there a video on how to pack everything into a carry-on. And I had last week, we talked with Katie Pyle about packing tips. Um, and so if you want to avoid the check-in line, that's a great thing to do. And I did successfully pack all of my stuff into a carry-on for this trip. Um, and I was able to uh, then take it with me on the plane. I'm not used to doing that. So I was afraid I wouldn't like bringing it with me on the plane and through the airport. And it was no trouble at all. I have a really good bag from a company called Logel, L-O-J-E-L. I have two of their bags now that I really like. Um, they're very sturdy. They're very lightweight. So it was very easy for me to put it up in the bin on the plane. It rolled perfectly through the airport. Didn't bother me in the least. So uh, I was really proud of myself that I only packed a carry-on for myself. So I think we're going to move forward with trying to do that for each of our family members um, going forward. So we don't have to worry about possibly losing a bag or standing in a really long check-in line like I saw in Orlando about a month ago. So we do have that packing video in there and we have a carry on packing list that you can download as well. Um, and then coming up next week, the webinar theme for members will be what you need to know if you're planning to go to a national park this summer. So Lisa on our team just got back from Grand Canyon and Zion and Bryce. And so she's going to fill in our members all about what she experienced there, what crowds were like, um, what permits she had to get, parking, shuttles, all of that kind of stuff. Um, these are things you're going to need to know if you're headed into a national park this year. They're going to be busier than ever. Many of them do require reservations for different things, for shuttles to even get in, to do certain hikes. Like she, um, her family did part of the Angels Landing hike in Zion. You do have to have a permit to now, this is brand new, to do the full Angels Landing hike. So you might not know that. Um, even in Hawaii, when uh, there was a state park that we wanted to go into on Kauai, and it required advanced reservations. And I checked about two weeks ahead and it was completely sold out. 
So um, you're going to want to make plans for this stuff. So anyway, if, if uh, you want to know the latest on travel and what you need to know, um, that's a great reason among many others to join Families Fly Free. And I do want to let you know also that we um, are going to be raising the price of membership very soon. So if you've been thinking about it, I encourage you to get in now so you can pay the current price and you'll be locked in at that price going forward. Um, if you decide to renew, it renews at half the price of what you paid the first year. So you will be locked in at that. So don't wait much longer, or you may have missed the boat on the current price. And of course, you can always learn more um, and sign up at familiesflyfree.com join. So that's the scoop on flights getting to Hawaii. By some miracle, they literally flew in a plane and a crew um, for our flight because um, our flight was so delayed. I talked with the Southwest agent. He said, there's no way it's going to recover. It is going to be delayed. It can't make up enough time in the air to get to you um, such that you won't miss your next flight. And so the only solution, and by a miracle, they was they actually flew in a new plane and a new crew. Um, and so when I got to the airport um, and I noticed the time had been updated to back to the original time instead of delayed, and I checked in at the, uh, the check-in counter and they said, yep, they've flown in a plane and a crew. You are looking good. Everybody else, not so much. So we did get to Kauai. Um, we did have some delays for our second flight, but they were able to get us to LA that night. Um, we didn't have a whole lot of time to sleep before we had to get up the next morning, but we did, we did get there and we didn't have any trouble coming back. Thank goodness. So, so um, now I want to tell you about um, some of the fun things that we did in Kauai. And um, I do want to mention that I did a lot of research ahead of time. Um, I, uh, there's a um, blog and YouTube channel that I like about Hawaii called the Hawaii Vacation Guide. If you want to check them out, free shout out to them. Um, and I did purchase their itinerary for Kauai um, just to try to give myself um, some good recommendations on what to see and do. And so I had created my itinerary as best I could based on that and based on some videos and doing some research. But um, in our Families Fly Free community, where our members post and um, help each other and ask questions. Um, so I was going back and forth with um, Amy Lee Udell, who you may remember from a previous podcast. Her um, family grew up in Oahu. Um, or her mother grew up in Oahu. And so she did the podcast with us about kind of um, insider things to do in Oahu that only locals know. So you can go back and check that out. But anyway, she and her family flew free um, thanks to the family's fly free membership to Kauai last year. And um, so I had forgotten that they went to that island. And so we were talking about something else in the community and she mentioned Kauai. And I said, oh, what tips do you have for me? And she gave me the best tips way better than, than the itinerary I published. And so I just want to convey the value of, you know, getting personal recommendations for someone. Um, you know, she gave me some things to do that I hadn't thought of. She gave me specific restaurants where they had eaten and enjoyed it. And so we were able to go and make advanced reservations at those places and go ahead and get some tours booked that she recommended that I didn't even know existed. And so there's just a tremendous value just in a community like that. 
of people. It's a small community. So it's not like going on TripAdvisor and you don't know who the heck you're talking to and if they really know what they're doing and when they last went. Um, you know, we're a small community of people who travel the way you do. We're always looking to save as much as possible to get as much as we can for the least amount of money. Um, and a lot of us like to, you know, you can find someone who likes to travel the same way you do. Um, someone who likes to go to national parks, someone who goes to Hawaii over and over, people who go to Disney or who Disney vacation club members. We have a lot of those um, who are Disney pass holders, you know, who have all the inside tips. Um, there's someone who knows something about everything, all inclusives, cruising, you know, you name it. So she gave me some really good tips. So. Um, I, I hats off to Amy Lee. A lot of this came from her. So um, the, first off, when looking at Kauai as a whole, there's the North Shore, which um, that's always going to be your uh, biggest waves on any Hawaiian island. Um, the, the southern parts of the islands tend to be calmer. And so we, from what I had looked at, it had recommended not going up to the North Shore unless you were there in the summer, because during the winter, the waves get really, really high and really, really rough. So there's just not a lot you can do there. So I really hadn't put that at the tops of my list of things to do. Um, and so we ended up staying on the east side called Wailua, um, W-A-I-L-U-A. And we stayed at the Hilton Garden Inn there, which was um, a good, moderately priced property. Um, so accommodations, especially hotels, are expensive on Hawaii right now because so many people want to go there. Um, and this is a good, moderately priced option if you can find it. Um, I actually got it early this year at a much lower price than what I see it priced now, at least half of what I see it priced now. Um, and we opted to go ahead and pay for it and to, to earn points by doing so. Another option, if it's available, and I don't know that it will be this year, is to book it in points. You can also pay for it with a flexible card um, and either erase the charge or use your flexible points to, to pay for it. Those are all options for a hotel. So we like this hotel. It was not luxury, but it was also not a budget hotel. Um, it, the lobby and everything was really pretty. Definitely had a Hawaiian look to it. The rooms were spacious enough. We did have queen beds, which is important to us. Try to fit four of us in two full beds is a bit much with three tall uh, men and boys in my crew. It has a beautiful view of um, the ocean. And we did opt for an ocean view, which was, I don't know, $20, $30 more per night. Um, we had a beautiful little patio where we could sit out and enjoy um, looking at the ocean. It was right by the pool. We didn't find it to be overly noisy. Kauai in general just did not have that many people. I mean, it was certainly busier with visitors, but but not bothersome by any stretch, um, not too crowded at all. And so this is a good central location because um, it's easy for you to get to the South Shore um, to a beach called Poipu, P-O-I-P-U, which is supposed to be one of the, the prettiest beaches in the country. Um, and then you can also get to the North Shore um, and to an area called Hanalei Town um, and Princeville. Princeville is like a big resort area. It reminds me of like things you would see on Hilton Head or Kiowa Island in South Carolina. Um, also, some of the resort uh, Kapalua, I think it is in Maui. looks like that. Um, but Hanalei town is a real quaint, charming town. And we, um, decided to go up there. We had changed our minds. We were going to go, um, spend our snorkeling day at Poipu on the South shore because it was supposed to be so pretty, but we, um, 
happened to go by it. We were down there the day before for another tour and we saw it and we were like, it's pretty, but let's try something else. <laughs> There's a lot of people down there. So that's definitely, it's sort of the Kanapali, I would say, um, if you're familiar with Maui, which is the most touristy area. I think Poipu is probably the most touristy area of Kauai. Um, and so uh, it's easy to get either of those two places from the east side. Um, the North Shore is going to be, you know, 40 minutes north and then Poipu is, you know, maybe 30 minutes uh, to the south. Um, so it's a good central location. The, the swimming and the beaches this time of year at Wailua was not really doable. Um, the waves were too rough, but they do have, like if you have young children, I, like babies and toddlers, I think this would be a good location. They ha do have a bay, like they have um, an area that's surrounded by rocks so that you can swim in the ocean, but it's calm. There's no waves crashing. That'd be a great place to take your baby or toddler in um, and swim. And you can do some snorkeling in there and there are some fish in there. And they also have a really big playground. It's actually next to Wailua River State Park. There's a river that comes into the ocean right there. And they just have a massive playground structure over there. And it's just right two steps from the hotel. So I think it'd be a great option if you have um, younger kids for sure. Um, but, but for older kids, not great, not great for swimming. If you, if you have kids that like waves, like mine do, and, but don't want to be killed by, you know, very large, choppy, dangerous waves, um, and currents. There's a lot of currents at certain times of year. Um, so, but it does have a bike path and, and you can walk down the beach and it is very beautiful to look at. There's actually a, an ancient, um, ceremonial Hawaiian grounds right out there that you can walk around. Um, the sun rises, um, facing that, you know, facing East. Uh, so you can watch the sunrise in the morning. And that's why they think these ceremonial grounds were there was, um, something to do with the sunrise. Uh, so that's where we stayed. Um, and then some things that we did, we, um, first day we took an ATV tour and that was by recommendation of Amy Lee. And it turns out that on Kauai, there have been over 80 movies filmed there. And that wasn't something I realized until I was really digging into some research. So probably, um, the ones, you know, the most would be several Jurassic parks. And that's truly what this Island looks like. Like everywhere we would go, we would look at each other and be like, welcome to Jurassic Park, because there'd be some giant waterfall and all this greenery and these jagged, tall, green mountains everywhere that you would go. And, um, and so you definitely can see how and why movies would be filmed here. So I think Raiders of the Lost Ark was another one, um, South Pacific, Elvis and Blue Hawaii, um, Fast and Furious, there was one of those filmed there. Um, I think they used part of it for Avatar. And there was one point where we went to this lookout over the Nepali coast that just looked straight out of a scene from Avatar. Like it was stunningly amazing. One of the prettiest things I have ever seen. Um, so everything is very green and very lush. And the more you go toward the North shore, the more that it looks that way. So on the ATV tour, this was more kind of centrally located in the Island. Um, and my husband and boys really liked this. My husband drove, you get to drive your own ATV. 
So he had a lot of fun with that. Um, go down these, you know, dirt road paths. Um, and we got to see like a tunnel that they had made in a mountain to bring sugar cane from the fields to be processed. And then they took us um, kind of up high where you could look out over the ocean and you could see valleys where different movies had been filmed. And so that was a, probably about a three hour tour. You get very dirty and it wasn't even muddy on the day that we did it, but we were covered from head to toe in red dirt like you would be in Utah. You definitely need, they give you kind of like a buff uh, gator, neck gator that you definitely want to put on over your mouth, unless you want to literally be eating dirt. You have goggles, you have a helmet and the whole thing. Um, and they tell you to wear closed toed shoes as well. Um, so just if you don't like to get dirty, that might not be for you, but it definitely was fun. And my family, like that was a winner with everyone. Everyone really, really liked it. And sometimes that's hard to accomplish, to find an activity everyone likes. So we did that. And then the second day um, was we had planned to do snorkeling. And so again, we decided not to go down to Poipu because we had to go down to that area to get on our ATV tour. And we drove north to Hanalei Town. Um, one of the families on our tour, again, personal recommendation is just the best or ask locals when you're there. Um, she recommended um, not going to Poipu because they had been to Kauai many times, but instead going up to uh, Nini Bay or Anini Beach, um, which is up more along the north. And so we thought, okay, we'll go up there and we'll check out Hanalei Town uh, because it's supposed to be really cute and see what we could see up there, see if we could find any other good beaches. So uh, we were blown away by Hanalei Town. And in hindsight, I kind of wish we had stayed there. I did like the central location of our hotel um, and it's by an area, area called Kapa'a or Kapa'a Town. And there's a lot there. Um, at least plenty to eat. And there's a Starbucks and a McDonald's and, and anything, a drugstore and a grocery store, anything you would need is right there. There's not a ton of selections, but there's enough um, to get you what you need. So um, Hanalei Town is a little bit more remote, um, but it really was just stunning. Um, it's what I imagine Hawaii to look like, just these monstrous waterfalls, these giant, again, green, lush mountains, just lush vegetation everywhere. And the beaches and the coves over there were, were really, really beautiful. So we found um, a beach that we really liked that um, wasn't on any itinerary that we looked at or any research that we did. And it was past Hanalei Town um, and it had like a freshwater river uh, coming into the ocean right there. And our boys really, really had fun swimming in the river. There was like, you know, a rope swing from a tree and they could jump off the tree and into the river. And then they could swim in the waves in the ocean and the waves weren't too rough because they were protected in this cove. Um, and so we ended up just spending several hours there. And the whole trip, they wanted to go back, but it was such a long drive up there that we were never able to make it work with the other things that we had planned. Um, and we did stop at Anini Beach because that's where um, someone had recommended to us to snorkel. And we thought that was okay. Um, we've yet to find what we feel like is great snorkeling in Hawaii. Um, we did better last year, I would say in Maui, because there we did find sea turtles off of our hotel beach um, at the Grand Hyatt there on Kanapali. There's just sea turtles swimming around. And we did do a snorkeling 
tour out to Molokini Crater. Um, and there were sea turtles out there and we did see a little bit more. It's just not a lot of color, I would say. There's some colorful fish, but not a lot of colorful coral um, or necessarily anything very exciting to see, at least in our experience. So we found Anini Beach was eh in terms of the snorkeling. Um, and so we did that for you know 30, 40 minutes and then headed back. Um, then the next day, um, we plan to do some hiking and seeing the western side of the island. Um, and there's a town there called Waimea, and it is, it's much drier, arid, um, cattle ranching, cowboy looking type of things out there. Um, and so we, they have a giant canyon that's like the Grand Canyon of Hawaii, and it really is. It's um, gigantic. It has waterfalls running down into it also. Um, and so you can drive up to this canyon and um, everyone talks about the canyon, but no one tells you about how the drive up is really amazing too, because you're on a very, probably the highest point on the island. And you literally can look out and see like 360 almost of the island. You can at least see the South shore um, pretty good. So that's a really amazing view. Um, so you can stop at different lookout points um, in Waimea Canyon. There are some hikes that you could do. We had trouble finding the hikes because there really was no um, like gate to give you a map um, to, to follow. And we, we knew what some of the hikes were, but we didn't, couldn't find them marked. So um, past the canyon, there is another state park. And so we planned to keep driving to that called Kokee. K-O-K-E-E, -E, um, because it's supposed to have some really amazing views. And so, so you drive up through this state park and it takes a little while. And you, there's one hike on the side and you can see a lot of people like walking up the hill of the park going as you're driving up. Um, and really the two main features up there were two lookout points and they were amazing. They look out on the Nepali coast and, and most people will tell you if you go to Kauai, that's the one thing you wanna see is the Nepali coast. Um, it's one of the wonders of the world. Um, you can only see it by boat or say by looking over these lookouts or by helicopter. Um, so you might want to plan to take either a boat tour or a helicopter tour of the Nepali coast, but we were able to get, see these two lookout points very high up and look out over. And these were the ones that I said, looked like avatar. And it really is amazing. It does not come across in pictures, um, but absolutely stunning and well worth the drive up there. Um, so I would highly recommend that. And just know if you're driving into the park and you're like, where where is everything? It's at the very top and they're the last two lookouts. And there is a hike that you can do that kind of walks along the mountains on these, looking out over these points. And by that point, it was a little bit too late in the day for us. So we opted not to do it. We did kind of a short hike um, next to one of the top lookouts, which was fun. And you can kind of look out to a valley, which again, looks like Avatar with the mist and everything on one side. It said it was the wettest place on earth. I don't know. Um, and then on the other side, you look out over the ocean. And then for our final day, uh, we had planned to do the Nepali coast boat tour and um, multiple places I had read, they said, beware of seasickness on this tour. And I couldn't recall our family ever getting seasick. And so I didn't think much about it. I went ahead and booked it. Um, and the only one I was able to get was a catamaran. Again, I did this about two or three weeks out. So book your tours ahead of time, you guys, uh, because on busy times like spring break, 
things are just sold out, even tours. And uh, the ATV tour, I had to look at a couple of companies before I could find one with an opening. So we had to book a catamaran tour. It was four and a half hours long. And when we got there, the captain just forewarned everyone. Today is a really choppy day. If you are in any way prone to seasickness, we don't recommend going out on this. It may not be what you bargained for. And my husband recalled that um, one of my sons had gotten sick on our whale watching tour on a big boat in Maui last year, which I didn't remember. Um, and so we decided, okay, a catamaran is going to be worse than that. And we're going to be stuck out there for four and a half hours in extra choppy water. So we decided to opt out and they would let you do that since it was so choppy, they would give you a refund if you decided to do that. Um, so we did, and we felt like at least we got to see part of it by going to those lookouts. And so we instead just kind of spent the day doing a little bit more beach hopping and some snorkeling and some different bays um, to finish out our trip. And then we headed back to LA the next day and then um, back home on uh, Saturday. So we had a great trip to Kauai. If you're looking for true Hawaii without all the people, Kauai is a great option. Just know that it is a little more remote. It's the furthest island to get to. There aren't as there isn't as much infrastructure. Like there is enough to eat and 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 such, but a lot of restaurants have closed because of the pandemic. So you don't have a ton of options, but there's definitely, you know, a, there's some bars, there's an Italian restaurant, there's a couple Mexican restaurants. Um, you'll be able to find something, um, but you just don't have all of the choices like you would have in an Oahu or a Maui. So just be prepared of that ahead of time. And um, we are going to have a full itinerary inside the membership. Uh, based on my itinerary and the different companies that I used and um, what I recommend doing each day, the different hikes, um, all of that stuff will be inside the itinerary for families, fly free members. Um, we already have a Maui itinerary in there. We have itineraries for multiple national parks, for Colorado Springs, for Ireland, for San Diego, um, and many, many more coming soon. So that's one of many, many perks that Families Fly Free members get is off-the-shelf itineraries that you can just take and use as is or tweak it for your family. So thanks for listening to my recap of our Kauai getaway. I hope that you get to go to Hawaii soon. And um, if you want to know all of my tips, please be sure to catch my free webinar on Wednesday, April 20th, noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern. And you can register for that at familiesflyfree.com slash Hawaii. And again, that's totally free. Don't miss it. It's going to be live only, no recording. Um, so do what you can to get there if you have Hawaii on your list. All right. I'll talk to everyone next week. Ready to fly your family free? Come join me inside my Families Fly Free program where you get my simple step-by-step -step plan and my personal help so you can make more priceless travel memories with your family before your kids leave home. Visit familiesflyfree.com join. That's familiesflyfree.com join to learn more and get started flying free today.